This is Jacqueline Davis and Gracie Darton. Welcome to our show, Supporting Moms, where solving mom issues is what we do best. Real moms, supporting moms. Let's get to it. Welcome back to our podcast, Supporting Mom. We are so excited to be here today. Um, Just have more to share with you guys and have a little conversation. But today we wanted to kind of focus on fertilities and also the experiences that my sister had, you know, trying to have a baby. So I'm going to hand it over to her and she's going to share an amazing story, guys. And if you have any questions or comments, please comment in the comment and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Hey, 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 everyone. Um, I'm going to talk today about infertility. And it's going to be real feelings about how I really felt on different situations. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm just going to be real about everything because talking about infertility is a sensitive subject. And sometimes as women, we get embarrassed to talk about um infertility that we have problems with trying to bear children and we also think sometimes that we are less than another woman because we could not just see like every time we try it's like it would never succeed and we never was able to accomplish on having a baby without getting sometimes the help from the doctor okay so I'm gonna start off to when you know me and my husband we was first and we first got married and we was trying to have children so we was back in our well I mean I was back in my 20s you know late 20s and you know people never told you that you just can't just have kids you know they'll tell you oh when you if you have sex unprotected or you know intercourse unprotected then you will have a baby that's not true and we need to also educate our young girls and let them know that all the time that's not the case you know sometimes we have to take a little step further if you want to reach the goal that you're trying to reach so we was trying to have a baby and it seemed like oh you was just thinking well we newlyweds and you supposed to have intercourse and you're supposed to get pregnant. And so we, we were trying. So at first, we both was very excited on taking pregnancy tests. So every time um, I would miss a menstrual cycle, we run and go get a pregnancy test. And they didn't have a little cheap ones like they do now. You know, at the Dollar Tree and 99 cent stores and Walmart that has 99 cent tests with Ladies, I'm going to let y'all know work just as well as the expensive ones. So you don't have to go and spend all that money. You can get you one of those little 99 cents ones and they do the same thing. So we was really spending a lot of money trying to get um, um, tests and all that kind of stuff and run to the restroom. I would go in there and, you know, use the, um, the products and then we would wait our time and go back in there and look at it. And then you just see that one line. 
And you know, after years pass, one year pass of you doing that, you know, you still was excited. Two years pass, three year pass, four year pass, and so on. It's like you start just, really start just, don't even want to take any more of those tests anymore because you already think you know the outcome of what it's going to be. So what I would start doing, I would sneak and take a test. And when it wouldn't come out, I'd take it and throw it in the bottom of the trash, tear up the box that it came in, throw that at the bottom of the trash so he would never know that I test because I didn't want to have to keep coming out, explaining to him why come the test is not positive and why is it still negative. So we would just sit there and I would just, you know, go to baby showers, go to uh, children's birthday parties, you know, and everything. And when you have a desire to have a child, it's like it takes a part out of you when, you know, you go into those things. Even though, you know, you're excited for the next person, but still just having human emotions, you know, you just feel like, that you are just less than a woman because hey why come i just didn't have a baby the same way this lady had a baby and this baby this person now baby number six or you see a lady with two little babies and you be saying to yourself lord why come you just can't bless me with one of those babies that woman got six babies and then you just start feeling down about yourself then you say okay well People start telling you, well, you need to go and get under a doctor. So you get you a GYN and you start going under a doctor and you thinking, well, once I go under this doctor, oh, it'll happen just like that because I'm under a doctor. I'm going to do what the doctor tell me to do. But it also depends on what, what doctor that you get. You know, you have to make sure you do your research on this doctor. Make sure you're comfortable with this doctor and that you know this doctor has a big success rate in doing infertility okay so i went to a clinic with my gyn and she helped me for a while and when i couldn't get pregnant still she uh, referred me to a specialist so i go to the specialist and she tells me okay this is what we need to do so she do the son the sonogram and she looks and she see that i had some fibroids and she was like well that's your problem you have the fibroids we need to get those out and i said okay so you sure after we get all this out everything will be okay i'll be able to have a kid yes it says that's all you need to do so i went and had the surgery and found out that the i was her first patient that she had that had fibroids and it was the first time she ever did a fibroid surgery so i was just like her guinea pig so the surgery took longer than what expected because she said the fibroid was so big and it was in the back of the uterus that she had to pull it all out and cut from the back and all this kind of stuff. So when she um, sewed me back up and everything, I had to stay in the hospital for a while. Then I was able to come home. Still, you know, you know, just thanking and praying, hoping that this worked. Then one day I get up and I go to the restroom and the minute I was ready to sit on the pot, that blood and stuff started running down my legs. So then I'm sitting up here feeling, and I noticed that the wound has opened up. And so blood is just everywhere. So we called the ambulance, and they come, and they take me back to the hospital and find out that it was in, infected. So now they, that she has to go back 
and take everything back loose. And this time she was like, because it was so big, you know, because the incision that she did was so big that I would have to get a wound back. So they came in and they put the wound back in, which was horrible. That was the horrible, that was very, very horrible. And what it does is just keep your wound dry and it moves away any moisture and it's like a vacuum and it goes into a bag and you have to get the bag and stuff changed uh every so many hours and stuff you know and change that bag and then also too i had to have a uh in-home nurse that comes and see me um three times a week where he can change the the, the wound back and put on a freshman and every time he would pull it and he would put on a fresh one, it would just pain, pain, pain. Then when I would go to her and on certain days and she would look at it, she would mess it all back up. And then my nurse would have to come back and have to correct it to get it back to start back healing. So it took me a while just to get that healed. But once it did heal, we had to go to the next step. She told me, let's go to the next step. So the next step was for me to go and make sure that she didn't sew your tubes together so if she accidentally sold your tubes together then you know you won't have no baby because you have to have your tubes and stuff flowing in order for that to happen so they put the dye uh test they did the dye test and she said no you don't have well i didn't sew your tubes everything is good so let's now go to the next step okay so we go to the next step and that's when she said well your brain is not communicating with your uterus to tell you to to release an egg so because those who don't have a connection to each other your body don't know when to stop um, bleeding and when to start because sometimes I would go um, six months and don't you have no cycle and sometimes I go and have a cycle two months straight because my brain did not know when to stop and the only reason why she said I would stop is because my brain, no, because I wouldn't have any more blood left to keep going. So it would just stop naturally on its own. So that's why I went ahead and did the fibroid test because she said that was my problem with that, with the bleeding and all that kind of stuff. But then I also, too, my brain did not connect to my uterus to tell my uterus what it's supposed to do and what this organ is supposed to do. So she um, gave me Clormed. So I started taking Clormed, and then she told me to give me an uh, ovulation kit to see when I ovulate and make sure that you have intercourse on those days and so you can have a better chance in having a baby. Okay, so we did all that. Then when my cycle didn't come, we ran and got another test, and this time the test came out positive. We were so excited. We were just smiling from ear to ear, you know, we went around telling everybody, you know, because we was just so excited that it's barely happened. Then I go, time now, it's time to go to the GYN. And then they also do an ultrasound on you. And when the guy does it, he tells me, ma'am, who told you you was pregnant? I said, well, my doctor, she called and she did a blood test. And also, I got a positive pregnancy test. He said, well, there's nothing there. I don't see anything there. I see the the pocket or where the baby should be but how many weeks and stuff you are there should be something there it should be a fetus there but you don't have anything there so he was like we'll come back in two weeks and then we will see 
if something grow. So here it is, you praying and hoping that something grow here because your doctor called you and told you that you better have a baby and you thinking because you don't you didn't educate yourself on infertility, you thinking, okay, well, this is it. So I go back in two weeks, still nothing. So now she say, Well, now you can either take a you can have a give let us give you some medicine to make you go ahead and release that egg, and that means you'll have a uh, uh, um, miscarriage or you can let it come naturally itself or we can go in there and we can suck it out you know or something like that and I was like no I just let my body just naturally do it myself so then that was the first that was just a miscarriage because I only had one miscarriage and that was that one so that took a lot out of me especially you know as being a woman you thinking that this is it and when they tell you that nothing was there and that you gonna have to go ahead and have a C. I mean, not a C section. I'm sorry. Go ahead and have a miscarriage. It like that really puts you in a bad position. So I start getting, you know, even though I'm walking around, I'm smiling, I'm having fun with everybody else. But in the inside, you really that do damage you because you be saying, well, what? How my baby would have looked, you know, if the baby would have been there and I didn't have a miscarriage. Then you go around and you think, well, <coughs> excuse me. Then you'll sit there and you'll say, well, now one year and pass, my baby will be one years old. You know, two years pass. Oh, I wonder how my baby be at two years pass. You know, and especially when you and another lady both, you know, announce your pregnancy at the same time and they pregnancy went on and they had their baby and did good and their baby's growing and everything and then you looking at yours like your life just came to a standstill. And it gets very, very depressing. You know, especially you still trying to go under the doctor. By, but by this time, I didn't want to go to no doctor. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't take no secret pregnancy test. I didn't do nothing. Some nights I would just cry myself to sleep. Go to sleep and then I had to start putting it into my mind. To not to make that the main focus of my life that I still have to be able to live my life so I would try to just push it to the back and not even think on it and sometimes I would look at my husband he would look at his nieces and nephews or other little babies that's in the store and I see the way he looks at the babies and, and that would make me sad because I was like here I am his wife he could really be with somebody else that can birth him children and here it is he stuck with me and I might can't give him anything. And it would just have to be me and him forever. Because even though he do have a, a son, you know, his son has a mom. You know what I'm saying? And you know how kids are. Kids going to love their mom. You know, even though, you know, I was good to him and everything like that, he's still going to love his mom because that's his mom. But I tried to put everything I had into that until I got my feelings hurt. By trying to put everything I had into my stepson. So that was all so depressing because here it is. You want to love and give people an unconditional love and there is nobody there. You try to find it in other places and everything. And it's like you get slapped in the face for that. You see what I'm saying? So that was very hard for me to just try to do that. So I would just look at my husband and I would just say, well... I would just have to be, you know, single parents. I mean, not single parents. We just have to be together and just make a life with just the two of us, you know. So, I would just 
you know, gave up on everything. I gave up on trying. I didn't even want to have intercourse because I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to try. I didn't want to go to no doctor. I didn't want to do no ovulation kits. I didn't want to do none of those steps because it was so many years has passed that that didn't pass by, and it looked like we get that I'm getting nowhere. And then every time I go to the doctor, they telling me, oh, because of, you know how they always try to say, oh, if you got gut in the middle, then that's why it's hard for you to have a baby because you, cause you have a stomach. You know what I'm saying? And that's the reason why. And I walk around, I see women 400, 500 pounds, and here they is with kids. And I be confused saying, well, how does she have a baby? And she got a gut. And, she got, and she's heavy set. So how is that true? That don't make sense to me. And I would ask the doctor that. And they really couldn't tell me no answer because they already, I know they knew that that really wasn't true. You know, they were just trying to console you in some type of way. So then you start doing the dieting thing. You start trying to eat less and trying to exercise and all that kind of stuff. Just so you can kind of lose a little weight thinking, well, this will help, this will help, this will help. Trying everything. Then one day we was gonna try to adopt. So we called an adoption agency and we was getting ready to do the process of all that and we was asking them how much it's gonna be and it's pretty expensive too to do an adoption thing. But if you had the money, I think it's a blessing for you to do that. So we was gonna go that way. So we decided, my husband said, well, baby, won't you try one more time? He said, let's do it, let's try one more time. Let's go ahead. And let's do everything again with this new doctor. So I went to the doctor with my sister, not Jackie, it's my other sister. And she went to this doctor. He was a male doctor. His name is Dr. Hal. He's a very good doctor. And he was telling my sister everything that she needs to do to be able to have a kid. And I seen how much knowledge and stuff this man know. So I researched him myself and I failed to like him. Next week, I made me an appointment, and I went and seen him. And he sat down, and he talked to me. He said, you know what? i have you pregnant by next year. And I'm saying to myself, what? Well, you going to have me pregnant by next year? How is that? What you going to do? It's going to have me pregnant by next year. He said, if you do everything I ask you to do, I'm guarantee I can have you pregnant by next year. He said, because you don't have no fibroids. Which that's a blessing because the first doctor took it out. Even though she didn't know what she was doing. But she did do that. And he said only thing is it is that your brain is not connecting. We just have to get that brain and that uterus to connect. And he said I have you pregnant by next year. So then he told my husband what test he want him to take. He said I want you to go and take your, your sperm test and see get your sperm count. He said and. Let me look at that so I can eliminate that. If that's the problem, we I can help you and fix you with that. So he went and he did his test. He came back and he was nervous, so he didn't want to go. So I went and got the results for him. And when I walked in, Dr. Howe was like, um, where's your husband? I said, well, he was nervous. He didn't want to come. I said, so he sent me. I said, that's what he sent me to come. I said, to get the results. He was like, okay, well, tell your husband he the man. And he's doing good. So I got on the phone and I called him and I said, Dr. Hal said, you the man. You doing good. Oh, he started smiling from ear to ear. 
Ever since then, he run up to that hospital, to that doctor's office with Dr. Hal. And him and Dr. Hal became very good friends. So Dr. Hal would say, well, now I want you to do your part. So he said, I want you to take the Clomets. He said, and then he said, we'll go from there. And if that don't work, we'll just up the doses and all that kind of stuff like that. I said, okay. So I did my one round of Clomets. Did my ovulation kit, made sure everything was right. Then, before I even went and took a test, it's like you already know that you're pregnant because your brain tells you. I don't know how it does, your your body tells you that you are. So I go in the restroom and I uh, use the test and I see a solid blue line and I see a little faint I mean really light line and so I go and I'm thinking sometimes you know you think your eyes is tricking you I said no nah, this ain't right I said I think well, I think this thing is broke I said let me go here and show show my husband so I go out there and I say do you see the thing I said, oh I just hand it to him I don't even say nothing he looked at it and he say oh I see I see two lines I said, now you stop lying. I swear you see the other line. And he said, right there, it's real light. I see that line right there. I said, wow. I said, you know what? I'm just not satisfied with that. So I go up and I go to the store, to the Dollar Tree this time, and I get at least about six tests. I go to Walmart and I even get their 99 cents tests. Then I, then I went to Walmart and went to the good section and got two packs of the good ones. And I got them all in the bathroom. So the next day I got up and I took a test. And I'm writing on the on the test so I can know I took it this day. This test number one. Then I take it this day. This is test number two. So all together I took 12 tests. To, just to make sure that I was pregnant because I could not believe it. So that second day I took it. It was a dark blue line. Then the line was a light not no faint blue line. It was just a light blue line. So I look at it, and then you can actually see it. I'm like, oh, my Lord. I go back out there, and I show him again, and me and him just happy, just sitting on the bed, and we just holding each other crying. The third day, I go and take it again. Now it's the blue line, and the blue line is both the same color. And I'm saying to myself, uh-uh, the cabo there. I don't know. I don't know. So I go the fourth day. And this time on the fourth day, before the test line can show up, the positive line already was up before the test line, and it was darker than the test line. And even though that day four showed me that I was pregnant, I still wasn't finished. I kept on taking tests, taking tests, taking tests, taking tests. I even went so far to, to go to the doctor and say my stomach hurt so they can do a test on me so they can tell me that I was pregnant, and they told me. That, and that still wasn't satisfying. So I was like, Lord, if I go here this time and they saying I'm pregnant and I go here again and there's nothing in the sack, they don't see nothing, and then I have to have another miscarriage. I don't know how I'm going to be able to cope with this this time. Then I scheduled my appointment. I went to my appointment. They did the ultrasound, and there was the baby in the ultrasound. And that was the best feeling that any woman can have. It might have took me 10 years to have a baby. And that's like the longest 
10 years there was because of all the failed tries and stuff that we did and all the disappointments that that happened and everything the surgeries that I went the surgery that I went through and then I had to have uh, a specialist come which was a plastic surgeon come to fix my stomach because she messed up so bad on it I went through all that all that pain all that crying all that praying fasting asking the Lord to have a baby and when that line when I went in there to the ultrasound and that baby was there that was the best feeling that I could ever have and even though the whole pregnancy I probably had a rougher time because I was now in my early 30s 35 when I got pregnant because I got pregnant right before my birthday then I was 36 so that means I had to have my doctor and I had to have a specialist because of my age. So if you after the age of 35, that's when they send you to a specialist to monitor you too because of your age. So I had two doctors that I had to go to every week. And um, the specialist doctor, what they job was to do is to really monitor babies and to monitor me to make sure there's no problems. And if there is, they'll come in and they'll fix it. And that's when they noticed that I was, um, every time I wipe, I would see a little blood. So I was like, oh, here it go again. Now it's going to wait until the baby's here. And then I'm going to have miscarriage. You know, I was like, oh, that was very scary. Then I go to Dr. Hal. He tell me, no, I just need you to take some progesterone because your progesterone level is low. So then I had to start taking that for the whole first trimester, which made me sick as a dog. And some days I did not want to take it, but my husband would coach me into taking it. And this is before my family even knew because I didn't tell them nothing because I didn't want to tell them like I did last time. And then here it go be another fail or disappointment. So they did not know that I was taking this medicine and doing all this stuff. So we were just really coping with this part ourselves. So every day I would take this medicine and my body started knowing Right before it's time to take this medicine, they would know. My body would know because I would get really sick and everything. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do nothing because this medicine would make me this sick. But the medicine was for to benefit the baby so the baby wouldn't uh, reject itself and try to make me have a miscarriage. That's what the medicine was for. And you know how you look online and you read different stories about the medicine. And, I, and a lot of them was failed um, stories like, oh yeah, I took pedestrian, my baby last the first trimester, and right after I stopped it, I had a miscarriage. You know, that's the kind of story that was on there. So that was always in the back of my mind that, oh, when you stop this medicine, here, you go still have miscarriage. So I'm like, when everything out, because I, I just didn't want to go through all this stuff again, especially after I'm getting ready to go through my first trimester. So after we got the Went through the first trimester. They told me, you don't have to take the medicine no more. Now you know you wear it because you're thinking what you read going to come true. But weeks passed, and I got my um, pictures again of my baby. That's when I told my family that I was uh, pregnant and everything like that. And even though, you know, I didn't have no blood pressure problems, I had it when I had her. And then also, too, um, I had to have her early, which I had to have a C-section. And everything, but I just thank the Lord that He, you know, 
enable me to go through all that. You know, especially through the first surgery. So when I had this C-section, I was just up walking around, everything like nothing. Like I ain't never had no surgery because the first surgery was so bad that put me down real bad that this right here was like a piece of cake to me. You know, like, oh, that was not the only thing that really got me with that C-section is the shot that you have to get. And I didn't, I didn't like that part. But other than that, you know, my pregnancy was a good positive pregnancy. I didn't have any cravings. Like most women say, oh, I had cravings. I wanted peanut butter and jelly sandwich with toast and peanut butter, I mean, um, banana slices and watermelon. I didn't have none of that. I did not want no food. I had to make myself eat every day just to eat because I did not have no appetite. D first. And that was shocking because Jackie, she was like, you don't have no cravings? I said, nope. She said, girl, I used to crave so and so some. I have to make myself. So every time I go to the doctor, my weight was going down instead of going up. And that was funny that my weight was going down like that. So I was losing more weight pregnant than I did on my own trying to exercise and eat right and everything. When I got pregnant, you know, you really start being health conscious. I started drinking water. Um, you know, as plus once I eat, I couldn't hold no food down. So, and then I, when I did do that, I didn't want to eat nothing else because it made me sick. So I guess that's the reason why my weight went down. But my doctor said, well, long as your weight going down, but your baby weight not. But then also too, you have to be careful with the doctors. Know who your doctor is. Y'all have to sit down and put out a plan. Now my specialist doctor, which it was different ones that came to see me. I got a man doctor. And that's why I was telling y'all in the beginning how doctors can say some really cruel and mean things. The doctor go tell me, oh, your baby is going to look like an Ethiopian. And then, you know, that's kind of insulting when I'm an African-American woman and you telling me that my baby going to look like an Ethiopian around the belly. I walked out of that room. I was crying my eyes out. And then, because I didn't understand what he meant by what he was saying, that her stomach not developing and all this kind of stuff that we was telling me. So my mama turned me around and she said, go back in there and ask him, what do he mean when he said what he just said? So I'm crying and everything. I'm walking up to him. He see me crying. And I said, well, what do you mean when you said what you said? That my baby's going to die? Well, is that what you're trying to tell me? No, 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 no. I'm, that's not what I'm trying to. He tried to correct it. But right then and there, I knew not to fool with this doctor no more. I went to that receptionist and I said, do not give him him no more. I do not want to see this man again throughout the rest of my pregnancy because I tried to have a positive pregnancy without no arguing, no fussing, no nothing. But when you get that results that you are pregnant, that's the best thing that, that can ever happen. It's the best feeling. When you see your baby and hear your baby for the first time, it's like it's just like you in paradise. So I just want to encourage all y'all ladies that have infertility to just stick into it. I know it's hard. I know some days you want to give up. I know some days you just don't want to go. I know in the back of your in your head you feel less than any other woman, but you're not. Sometimes it takes us to get a little help from the doctor. And sometimes it might be a little bit more than what I did. You know, just taking the pills and, and doing the clomid. It might be in, um, the in vitro. And it might be having a, a, have to have a, seg a surrogate mom. 
it have to it might have to be other ways for you to get your baby adoption and all this kind of stuff, but they don't make you less of no woman because you have to do that. So I just want y'all to be encouraged. I just want y'all to know that I know what you're going through. If you want to shoot me an email or something about your story and everything, or you want some type of encouraging words or anything, I'm here. I understand. I know it's not easy, but we have to think positive. And that's what I think I messed up for all those couple of years. I was thinking negative. I was downing myself. But when I had to just stop and start refocusing my mind, live my life. Because you still got to still live your life. Go out. Do something nice for yourself. Go to places that you that's your favorite place to go to. Still love yourself in the process of doing what you're doing. Because me and my husband made it like a job. It was like a job to us. Like, we clock in. We got to do this and clock out. You know, and, and where we took away the romance and stuff from... The marriage because we tried to make it a must. This is what we must do. You know, after you get through, you know how they tell you to put your legs all in the air. Get up against the wall and all this kind of craziness. Because you trying to get to your goal. But you would get there. With the help of the Lord, you would get there. Okay? So if you have any questions or comments, hit us up at... Our email address, which is smom101 at gmail.com. Also, follow our Instagram at smom101. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, Supporting Moms. That was so good and so touching. I know a lot of people can relate to that. And you probably have stories of your own um, that you would like to share we would uh, we ask you to just to comment, email us, let us know your stories. We would love to share it with our audience. We would love to um, be able to kind of help someone else. Like we said, we are um, moms, supporting moms. And, and, and one thing that we do, we want to be able to encourage and be able to help each other out because yes. that's what we do. Okay. And I really just want to um, just remind you guys. Just to remind you guys this, never think that you're always being, you are along with being a mom because all issues can be solved if we reach out, support each other, and be encouraging. Our motto is, real moms supporting moms. Take care, we'll see you next time. God bless.